Hi, this is Herb Kressel, and welcome to a special edition of the Radiology Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Reed Dunnick, the Fred Jenner Hodges Professor and Chair of Radiology at the University of Michigan, and most recently, uh, President of the Radiologic Society of North America. Uh, welcome, Dr. Dunnick. Thank you, Herb. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Now, uh, uh, in addition to your roles as president, I know you were instrumental in organizing the centennial celebration for the RSNA, which began at the last meeting. Uh, I wonder if you have any sort of thoughts about that. I know the organization put a lot of effort into uh, recognizing uh, the events over the last hundred years. And uh, uh, what, what were your goals and how do you think the centennial worked out? Well, first we had a, a whole committee that worked on the centennial celebration. So we discussed what things would be meaningful to radiologists, what things might provide value for them and might be useful. And of course, the RSNA staff did a terrific job yeah. of assisting us in all of those things. So one of the goals was to help radiologists look back and reflect upon the many changes in our field and then think about the direction we're going. So it was a look back, but plan ahead, I see. plan for the future. Well, I, I, I thought it was great. I, I loved going through the exhibition area. I thought it had a very nice kind of uh, there was a lot of uh, substance, but it wasn't overwhelming. So th things were beautifully highlighted. And I think in a, a short visit of a half hour, you could certainly get sort of a lot of information out of it. I thought it was very, very well done. Well, let's turn to uh, the Golden Oldies uh, effort. And I was delighted that you were willing to contribute to that, knowing uh, how busy you, you have been. And what was the experience like for you in trying to identify the articles of most significant importance? Well, it was a labor of love. I won't say it was easy, because I did look at uh, every issue of radiology since 1923. <laughs> wow. But as you read those articles, uh, and I, of course, uh, read only the GU articles, yes. uh, but you appreciated how radiologists in those days um, practiced. It was really anecdotal. Yes. And so a typical article would reflect upon a single patient or maybe a small series of patients, and they would the author would give his or her observations uh, based on that personal experience. Over time, of course, things changed. We had many changes within the field of urorradiology, uh, both the contrast media and then, of course, the imaging modalities themselves. But also the science changed. We became much more sophisticated in how we approach and how we try to uh, answer clinical questions. You know, so, uh, we had a, uh, just uh, sorry to interrupt you, but for us going through the early articles, it really is hard to differentiate a review article from an original scientific report because what you'd have very commonly was someone would write an article on imaging of some disease state. And the beginning would be a review of everything else, all the cases that anyone had ever reported, which maybe was 100 or something, and then they would add their 10 cases. Uh, and in the context of 
what little was known, and that was the original science. And then, you know, over time, you really could see the field uh, develop, the questions become more focused. Uh, I, I think your observation is, is very, very uh, central. Yes, and that's one of the challenges in deciding which uh, articles deserved uh, publication. Yeah, so uh, were there any surprises that you had uh, uh, other than sort of the, the change in uh, the scientific approach? Well, that was clearly the biggest surprise. Um, I guess the second surprise was that so many of what I would call the good articles came from institutions that you didn't expect, huh. uh, even from private uh, offices. Uh, rather than the standard uh, research-oriented universities. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but in the uh, the uh, musculoskeletal collection that we published, there's the first description of flat feet, and it was a, a private practice radiologist in Manhattan whose brother had the contract to do radiology for the police department. <laughs> And they <laughs> they published their experience. So uh, the, the, exactly. So uh, as I was kind of looking through the list, uh, it, it seemed to me that there were several phases. Uh, there was the uh, contrast urography phase, uh, either retrograde or intravenous urography. Then as we get into the 50s and early 60s, we get the uh, the era of angiography and, and looking at the vessels and making inferences based on the vascular pattern. And then in the late 60s and 70s, we see the cross-sectional techniques uh, begin to uh, take over, uh, ultrasound, CT. I know we both were sort of uh, there in the early uh, CT days. Uh, and uh, uh, now we're sort of more into the cross-section probably than, than any other area. Uh, uh, I was wondering uh, if you'd care to reflect on what it was like when CT uh, urography was first introduced, because I know that had sort of, uh, there was a lot of discussion about the, that, the role of that technology. That's right. It was a very uh, interesting, even exciting era. And the, the controversy arose from, of course, the fact that uh, uroradiologists were very comfortable with the excretory urogram. And radiography has better spatial resolution than CT. And so when we started doing CT urography, uh, it was counterintuitive that CT would be able to detect small urothelial tumors better than excretory urography. And yet, the advantages of the cross-sectional imaging, the ability to see those small defects within the collecting system, made CT urography uh, the better of the two techniques. Did you think that uh, the uptake was uh, by generations, or was it just a matter of uh, uh, personal preference? Well, personal preference always. <laughs> but the way I think of it, actually, is those who were more intellectually curious, if you will, were more willing to accept the new technique and to evaluate it more objectively. That's a very uh, interesting observation. As you know, I worked with Howard Pollock for many years. 
And Howard was exactly the type of radiologist that you're referring to, where the fundamental intellectual curiosity trumped everything. And yeah. when we first had the early MR images, which were exceedingly blocky, uh, and uh, the kidneys were better than the, a lot of the abdomen in terms of the motion, but Howard was kind of all over this, uh, thinking about the physiology and, and the role, and he was just diving in full force. Uh, he got very interested in imaging the prostate, and uh, uh, it was, uh, it's kind of remarkable to see how people adapt to these new technologies and embrace them. Uh, I think, uh, in general, our field has done very well. Uh, we have a lot of people uh, who don't have blinders on and are, are looking to take advantages of the new technologies. Yes, that's right. And in fact, uh, one thing that struck me in reviewing all of these uh, articles was the changes in uh, imaging turf, if you will. In the early days, uh, we recognized that iodinated contrast material would be excreted by the kidneys and would allow us to do the excretory urogram. The problem was these agents were very toxic. Right. And it was a urologist, actually, Moses Swick, who went to Germany and uh, developed a safer contrast media. And in those days, most uh, IVPs were done by urologists. Uh -huh. uh, it wasn't until radiologists got serious about recognizing the transition of contrast material through the kidneys into the collecting system so that they would do bolus injections, uh, they would do nephrotomography, and they would time the imaging to correspond with where the contrast material was. And after we improved our techniques, then radiologists began to take over the field. It wasn't just the plumbing exercise. It's, it's research yeah. uh, that drives the clinical practice. Exactly, exactly. Well, Dr. Dunnick, I don't want to take up more of your time. I really want to thank you for the work you did in generating the Golden Oldies list. Uh, we've all benefited from your experience, and uh, I hope you enjoy going through the entire collection. Thank you very much, Herb. It was a real pleasure. Thank you.